Hello, everyone, and welcome back once again to HOA It's a True Story. Today, our guest is Scott Mackey, attorney and partner with Birding and Wild Law Firm in Northern and Southern California. We're talking with Scott today about an issue specific to the city by the bay, San Francisco. Scott and his firm represent the plaintiffs in a class action lawsuit regarding the Mission Bay sidewalks. Scott, thank you for joining us today and welcome to HOA It's a True Story. Oh, thank you for having me today. I much appreciate it. Okay, also joining us today is our very own Bill Mann of GB Group. Bill, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Reagan. Okay, so Scott, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got involved in the HOA industry and specifically with your firm. Yes, uh, I've been practicing law for coming up on 20 years. I started out in the insurance defense, uh, representing uh, developers, builders, and subcontractors against claims for defective construction. About six years ago, I decided to uh, change sides, as they would say, and wanted to uh, join what I interpret and viewed as the most reputable plaintiff in the construction defect area, and I joined uh, uh, Birding and Weil. As a member of Birding and Weil's litigation team, focus on representing owners of real construction against claims for defective construction, and that includes homeowners associations, single-family homes, commercial properties, and affordable housing. The one that we're here to talk about, the claim against the city of San Francisco, is a claim being brought by an association, but against the municipality for the issues surrounding the building. Okay, so let's dive into this whole topic of the class action lawsuit. Why has this group of Mission Bay owners filed a class action lawsuit against the city? It's just a matter of time. They have been patient. You know, the building's over 10 years old. But during that process and time, the building, which has been built on piers that goes all the way down to bedrock, the surrounding infrastructure, which includes the sidewalks, the surrounding land, landscaping, the streets, the gutters, the curbs, are not. And as the building stands firm, the surrounding infrastructure settle, which is causing differential movement and offsetting of sidewalks, curbs, and especially where it's concerning is where the areas of ingress and egress to the buildings. It's become a safety hazard, risks, and uh, puts all owners, not just Radiance, but everyone in that utilizes the Mission Bay area from vendors to employees to just patrons at risk to trip and falls. And it, and the increase uh, maintenance costs. Uh, the city ha- and the association has taken upon itself to perform I- intermediate repairs, but it can't keep chasing the repairs uh, because there's just really no way to, unless a comprehensive repair is performed by the city um, to address it. They're just chasing a forever sinking soil. And you know they can incur various costs, but eventually it's just becoming cost prohibitive and it needs to be addressed. Well, explain to our listeners for a minute what the difference is between a class action lawsuit and just a regular lawsuit that you might have for construction defect. Radiance is not bringing this claim on behalf of itself in the sole position, just not to get all of the sidewalks around its building repaired. Instead, it's it's being the leader. It's taking the risk. It's taking the chance. It's stepping forward on behalf of everyone in the area from commercial owners to uh, the affordable housing. I think there's over 1900 affordable housing units within Mission Bay. Uh, They might not have the resources to step forward and try to get 
you know, a call to arms, as you would want to say, from the city to do something. It's projected that the area around lease radiance, uh, based on the soils report, is going to, our geotechnical report, is going to settle about 24 to 29 inches differentially over the next few years. It's impossible for a homeowner to maintain its sidewalks if there's going to be that much settlement. It's just too much. And how are they supposed to maintain it? In order to really comprehensively maintain it or to repair it, you're going to have to dig down, go into the streets, remove the gutters. And, you know, that takes cooperation of the city and the city's just not going to let them go do it. And it's expensive. What's the approximate dollar? Do we have a dollar value of what this damage looks like throughout the Mission Bay area? Yeah, not at this time. We haven't done any analysis as to the costs to uh, perform a comprehensive repair. We're not bringing this claim really to seek monetary damages for yeah. the association. Yes, they've incurred costs. Yes, they've been damaged. However, really the main crux of this case is to get the city and county of San Francisco, along with the Office of Investment and Infrastructure to the table to come up with a collaborative approach that is meaningful to both sides to get a repair. You need both. You need the private, you need the owner's cooperation, and you need the cities and the Office of Investment of Infrastructure all to table to implement a repair. These owners and uh, property owners that reside within the Mission Bay, they pay property taxes just like everyone else in San Francisco that goes to the repairs of the city-owned infrastructure. In addition, they pay a Melarus. So they pay an additional tax. It's not really a tax. It's a Melarus. It is in your tax bill, though. Levied against the <laughs> owner for such repairs in the Mission Bay. So they pay <laughs> twice as much, and they're not getting the benefit of it. Now, we, there's that argument that we always hear that, oh, you know, you are getting the benefit. It's just the sidewalks are the responsibility of the owners. And that is right. There is a statute in place that says the owners of real property are responsible to maintain uh, the sidewalks adjacent to their property. However, there's a huge presumption or an understanding when the owners take on that responsibility. A, that it's built properly and B, that you can maintain it. And that's just not possible with how the construction is and the situation is at a Mission Bay. Now, Bill, you've, you and I have been down in this area and seen some of these sidewalks. We're not talking about little tiny lips kind of kicking up from a tree root. Give a description, Bill, of what you've seen with these sidewalks. Well, and I, you know, certainly Radiance, I know very well, and we're working right next door to it. I mean, there's differential settlements, you know, of anywhere around those buildings of a few inches to, you know, to over half a foot. And you're right. I mean, there's, it's very difficult and expensive to try to figure out how to maintain all that. Where does Mission Bay Maintenance Corp fall into this? Because they all are a part of a master association they pay dues to every month as well. That is correct. There is a, a master association, but they are saying it's not their responsibility because they don't own the property. Okay. The ownership is the city and county own the property. We just have, we as the owners of the property that runs adjacent to the infrastructure has that statutory <laughs> obligation to repair it. When you go out and walk the site, it's not like some areas are more visible than others, and that's understandable. And why you see it more adjacent to the buildings is because at the, at the street level, it's sinking and it pulls in. So you right. see 
like a cake, you know, the perimeter of a cake that after it cooks, it pulls from the sides. And that's what's kind of happening, you know, metaphorically with respect to the streets and the sidewalks. How sidewalks are currently being addressed is that they're pulling up the pavers and they're adding more sand and then they're putting the paper back down. So they're just just adding layers and layers and compacting the sand. Eventually, how much sand is going to hold it? And then if there's a <laughs> wow. nice rain, and to be honest with you, a lot of the pavers have, you know, cracked in half. And there are sidewalks over there that are not pavers. They're actually solid concrete. Yeah, that's correct. I was using yeah. just the pavers, like the sections. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a big issue. One of the things that did happen after you guys, I guess, filed the suit against the city, we were down at the job site that the city came and posted notices on the outside of many of the buildings in Mission Bay, putting the owners on notice that they needed to repair their sidewalks, which yeah. I had never seen them do before. Was that some kind of retribution because of this lawsuit or are they well, trying to cover their butts, so to speak? Well, we are aware that the city and, and county and the Office of, of Investment and Infrastructure are aware of this issue. If, as you go walk around, you can see yellow striping around, you know, where there's differential settlement. We know that the city and county has performed repairs either at the authorization or not of those particular owners. So it's not an uncommon. This issue does need to be addressed. I'm not going to say it's in retaliation or retribution for our complaint, but it is a problem. So it needs to be addressed. And they're probably going to, you know, try to assert the leverage and power that they have by asserting that statute that says the owner has a responsibility. But that owner is going to come in the same situation that Radiance faces. How? You can't just fix it. Because what's going to happen in a couple months or in a year? You're going to have to fix it again. And, you know, what's interesting is that it's not just the sidewalks. It's the sewers and the gutters and the laterals that run into the street. You know, those have displaced. Those have separated and caused damage. So we got to get a fix in place that's comprehensive so that the owners aren't impacted not only by the sidewalks, by, but by the plumbing, by the you know other utilities that are servicing the neighboring buildings and their building particularly. Do you know in the 1906 earthquake, you know, the earthquake itself didn't cause much of the damage. I mean, it caused significant damage, but a lot was the result of plumbing pipes and sewer pipes, you know, burning and disconnecting, <clears throat> couldn't put out the fires, you know, so let's learn from history and let's get this thing corrected. Same question. We do a lot of work in the neighboring building of Radiance, the, the big brother building, I said, same builder. And on the China Basin side of that building is a solid concrete sidewalk. And their particular one has a huge crack in it and, and it's hollow when you tap on it. And at one point the board was going to say, well, maybe we should just fix it. So I went down to the building department to get a permit. The problem you have is, is that from the foundation edge of the building to the curb, the city curb, the fall is so great it exceeds ADA requirements and the city wasn't <laughs> willing to give us an exemption for that. So we never did yeah. fix it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so those are the real, real, the real issues that the homeowners that we brought a claim on behalf of, and that's again why we did it a class action to encapsulate everybody, just not radiance, that have to deal with to try to repair it. The city's telling you repair, spend the money, but it can't be cost prohibitive. It can't be continuous in the sense of, you know, you're gonna have to make, you know, wholehearted capital improvements, infrastructure repairs. There's a one thing by repair your sidewalk because a tree root you know, popped it up.
but it's different when you're chasing the uh, the underneath the soil. You can't infrastructure. How are you going to compact the soil properly? You can't. Well, well got... you brought up one point. I want to I want to make a highlight on real quick. You were talking about the underneath infrastructure and some of the problems that that degradates. Is you've got the sewer laterals that are then also being monitored by the EPA. So at what point are you going to have some of these federal entities inserting themselves into this? Yeah, that, that's a great point. It's, and that is why the Radiance finally stood up because eventually it's just going to get so big, so expensive. And you know, unfortunately, how the government works, they're going to try to transfer a lot of that risk to the owners. And so let's get out and ahead of it before there is a big fine, before there is a big fee or a tax or some other form of fine or a, you know invoice to the owners to you know address the issue before we get there and it needs to be a collaborative approach it's not just the city it's not just the owners it needs to be a collaborative approach as we've said you know the association radiance is not looking out for, looking for a handout it's looking out for a hand it wants the city's cooperation and that's why we're doing it that's why one of our causes of action is for a written mandate to mandate that the city and county step forward and start performing repairs have you seen any utility stuff falling apart yet? Well, I visually have not, but we are aware from our client that they are aware of uh, sewer laterals that have failed within the Chino Basin area. Many of the buildings have had sewer lateral issues underneath their foundations, including radiance. So, so that's definitely a problem. And, you know, one of my questions always was, what about the connection at the street? Who's going to be responsible for that? And the subsidence right. seems to be going a lot faster than they had originally anticipated. And, you know, we've certainly noticed when they're building new buildings in the, in the neighborhood, which is continuous, it seems like, the pile driving seems to create a lot of the issues. And then you wonder how much sewer lines are leaking and they're pumping a bunch of extra water into the whole subsoil system. And that's also accelerating yeah. the settlement. I mean, would you envision the city coming in and bringing in, you know, truckloads of soil and building the streets back up at some point? I mean, at some point, I mean, 24 inches is a long way for a street to sink. I agree. I don't know what they're contemplating. Eventually it's going to happen. If you go and drive around Mission Bay, you'll see this, many of the streets are like a, a U or a little concaved and eventually it'll need to be addressed. And you can't just address that without addressing the curbs and then the sidewalks. It's so it's everything. And so yeah. that's why it has to be a collaborative approach. Simple as that. How long has this been going on? The loss the, or the, the, the sidewalk settlement? Well, I would probably since it was built. Remember, the buildings are in the area of Mission Bay are built on piers, so they're fixed. They're not moving. It's the infrastructure that the city owns, such as the curbs, gutters, sidewalks, and streets, are not. So they're settling at the anticipated rate that the soils report and the soils engineers have called for or predicted, and that's in as much as 24 inches, and it's differentially, so it's not going to be uniform. Are you able to tell us at what point of the lawsuit you're in? I mean, are you still taking people into the class action or is it closed at that point and you're moved on? Where are you at in, this, in the case? No, we're still in its infancy. We filed our complaint. We're still working. We served our complaint upon the so Office of Investment and Infrastructure. And we also served our complaint upon the city and county of San Francisco. They're in contact with their office and they're going to be responding within the next, let's say, 30 days. The class has not closed. There's another building that is out there that wants to participate. We encourage them to contact our office. 
you know, it doesn't hurt to have another or two representatives. But right now, we only have radiance, and that is acceptable and enough to bring this claim. Well, that was actually my next question is what advice can you give to an association that's in that Mission Bay area and possibly affected? Can they still get involved? And obviously they can, they can reach out to you. Reach out to our office, we'll evaluate their situation, you can join the class, and especially if it's an apartment owner, a commercial property, or something different than an association that is appealing because the class then is, you know, by definition, a little bit larger, not necessarily larger, but we have a, then a building with respect to an association. We don't have one that's a business or a single family home. So the more firepower, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the more participants we have, the greater. Also, it's impacting everybody. People should in the Mission Bay be up in arms and want to be vocal. Otherwise, they're just we're just going to be uh, our clients in the area are just going to have to pay the costs to maintain something that's unmaintainable. I'm kind of hesitating to even ask this question, but I'm going to, and if we have to cut it out, I will. <laughs> Did any of this maybe get brought on by the building of the arena down the road? Uh, not, no, no, not we were, it. so we represented the association in a claim years ago. Um, I don't know how, at least five years ago, and the arena wasn't built at that time and honor about the time we were handling the association's other claim, the area was impacted by the site. So this has been going on for some time then? This is going okay. on. Yeah, we, because we did quite a bit of sidewalk repair over on the other side of the canal uh, towards the ballpark uh, on Berry Street. So this has been going on, and that was probably 10 or 15 years ago. So this has been going on for a while. So the, there's a master development eventually, or originally, and then they had the, uh, developers build the infrastructure around that's how they you know get this work built and then they you know hand it over to the city to maintain control and own after the infrastructure is built so there's nothing that the owner could have done initially it just when you see if the concrete crack or the curb crack you know you had to address it it's just the longevity of the repair and the ability to repair it is impossible so that's why we are at where we are in this uh with this claim it seems like san francisco is kind of fragile in its construction out there we've had a lot of problem buildings and obviously they're so close to the water table being where they are. Do you think maybe some of these high rises are just at risk because of the type of land area that that, that whole city's built on? It's probably out of my expertise, but I would say no. I mean, it's a beautiful city. It has bedrock. It's, you know, there's a lot of buildings in it. I think, unfortunately, you know, there's not always everyone's for, you know, seen down the road long enough. And remember, these buildings, along with how they interact with the you know, surrounding infrastructures, are all systems. And when one system fails, the adjacent system fails because they're mm -hmm. all working together. And I just think maybe that is what is lost, is that there's been a lot of redevelopment over the years, and you have certain buildings and infrastructure in place, and then we go in and we disturb it, and then there is going to be an adverse effect. As my you know, high school teacher always says, for every action, there's a reaction, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's what we're getting. Day was just all single story warehouses, yeah. you know, originally. And so soil moving around, the buildings probably just moved up and down on the soil. Nobody cared. Yeah. So. And now we go in and put all these high rises, parks, roads, 
and for us to think that there's not going to be any issues a little you know not naive, naive maybe <laughs> you know but it just wasn't thought out properly well it is a very beautiful city and we love san francisco and we love the people there so we hope that the city will step up and come up with some kind of solution to work hand in hand with all of you to come up with a real viable plan that will meet everybody's needs so if somebody wants to get a hold of you how would they go about doing that well you can go to my web, our website bernieandwild.com or you can call me at 925-838-2090 or my email address is s mackey m-a-c-k-e-y at birdingwild.com perfect we really appreciate you taking some time to share this kind of little niche problem that's going on out there but it affects so many people and it affects the way we live with our building departments and communities and trying to get the HOAs to handle things that are a little bit beyond their ability to repair is kind of a, a stretch, I think. So it's good to see they got good representation helping them out with this. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be before you, Bill and Brian. If anybody can't get a hold of Scott or you're still looking after that, you can always reach us at inquiry at gbgroupinc.com and we'll be happy to pass you over and get your information to them. Thanks again and we'll see you next time. Thank you.